1: Lakerholics.com and the wonderful folks at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. Lakers win! Lakers win! Okay, I'm not getting too excited because it is just the summer league, but the Lakers with a last two-minute surge did pull ahead of the Phoenix Suns 73 to 72 in a game that you can just clearly say, especially based on the first half is summer league at its finest for all of its faults. And for all the things here in Vegas that goes down, it is a summer league game. Just warts and all just turnovers all over the place, bad passing all over the place, bad shooting, especially in the first half, which was really ugly, but the Lakers, which who went down by as many as nine, I believe in the third quarter rallied in the fourth quarter and pulled, pulled out, pulled out the game. But here today to talk about the game and also a major extension for the team in frank vogel and you know who here has always a great thing to say one maybe not about frank vogel but we'll hear what he has to say two great guests indeed first up it is the man behind fine things at lakerholics.com it is jamie sweet and jamie great to have you here my friend I'm here in Vegas. I know Rafael Barlow is somewhere out there. Big shout out to you, my friend, who's probably just leaving the Thomas and Mack right now. I know he's headed on out, as he said. Now, get this, guys, on his show, the Locked On NBA Draft Show, he is actually from the Summer League going to go work out a client of his in Los Angeles and traveling by bus overnight for the next three nights to Los Angeles to train one of his clients. Like I said, maybe Dwayne Denman. I'm not sure because, you know, he just signed a contract with the Miami heat and then coming back the next morning for summer league. So, you know what, uh, just this guy is incredible. I wish him all the best. I will trying to see if we can arrange a meeting so I can, just, you know, thank him in person for everything that he's done for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. So I'm going to try to, but he's a hard man to catch up to. Yeah, right. But, J- Jamie, great to have you here. It is Summer League. It is what it is. It's out there. First off, I- I've seen a lot of good and a whole lot of bad today. But with it comes to the Lakers, hey, a win's a win, right?
2: I mean, it's Summer League. A win is, quote-unquote, a win. It, none of this matters. Uh, anybody who's on the Summer League team is going to be you know, uh, fodder for practice uh, on the big team. Because they're going to sit
1: all the old guys out, for the most part, in practices. Uh,
2: for the regular
1: season? yep yeah. not. <laughs> These guys well, are I mean, going
2: practice a little bit.
1: A little bit. <laughs> They'll practice a little bit. But you know having older guys oh, on the man. roster.
2: Yeah, no, I, I know that's one of the, that's, that's uh, up there among my worries is, uh, you know, well, we we can get to that another time for, as far as the summer league team, you know, nice CK cock back, uh, you know, G league summer league, uh, mainstay. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I I always like to see that, um, the two, two ways got some minutes. Uh, you know, they looked like guys who just came out of college and are going to take a while to get their footing in the NBA.
1: (sighs) That's for sure. I mean, uh, Joel Ayayi didn't score. Austin Reeves and I was joking to you this on the side. I think when Austin Reeves and Mac McClung are on the court at the oh, same yeah. time and that's our backcourt, it looks oh, like yeah. an Indiana high school team and <laughs> no, it just it really nice. it much. just it just yeah, they're just they mm-hmm. they look like they're 14 years old and they that's come it. on there and it's just like they don't there was one time, there was one play when Austin Reeves threw an alley-oop to Mac McClung, Mac McClung and Mac McClung tried to slam it over the alley-oop and he got fouled. And I think the, all the Phoenix Suns when they gather around were so mad that a kid that looks like he's 13 got behind them. Right. <laughs> I think that was the part that was funny because they were really, literally just angry at each other for allowing the kid that looks like that coming in there. But Yeah, you're right, Jamie. I mean, I don't think anybody can really take away too much from the game tonight. I mean, these are kids that at the most, like you said, will be fodder for the G League. And at the best, maybe a 14th or 15th kid on the roster by the end of the year, or maybe even next year at the earliest. But yeah, just some really hard things to get away with on that. Some hard things to take away from at this point.
2: I think they'll get some call-up time in the big, to, at the big uh, 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 on the NBA stage. I just don't think that they're going to see a meaningful role. I think that yeah. they'll they'll be up for practice and they'll be up for if they if there happens whatever garbage time minutes they happen to be uh, up up there for. You know, I don't I don't expect them to be like, all right, let's see, it's the third quarter, let's see what you can do here. But you know, I, I don't I don't at least not early on, not for the first three quarters, four fifths of the season.
1: But you know, Lakers Twitter has already fell in love with Mac McClung.
2: Sure. Laker's Twitter yes. fell in love with uh, Andrew Biden and everybody falls in love
1: with a G-leaguer. That's what's fun yeah. about uh, and a please don't leager. Please that's, don't that's that's attach your goat. Just don't attach the goat just yet like you did with <laughs> Oh, man.
2: No, I, I will not be disrespecting Alex and so.
1: Yes. But also here today to talk about the game, and also the extension for Frank Vogel is a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind LakerOlex.com. It is Laker Tom and Tom. I mean, the Lakers pulled out the win. That's good. They're two and one on the season because they did play a couple of games in the California classic in Sacramento. And, you know, after three games, I mean, just seeing any of these kids, I don't think right now they're they're ready for the main roster, but it's just nice to see for me at this point in time, because I love the summer league about all the hopefuls, all the eyes that are looked there, all the things that they do, but there's a lot of rookies that show a lot of promise. There's a lot of rookies that don't show a lot of promise, but you can't take away everything right now from what they do or don't do in summer league.
0: No, it's just summer league at its best. Um, You know, it's, we've come a long way since Lonzo ball and that summer league team.
1: 2017.
0: Uh, You know, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's, it's really pretty amazing. And when you think back at, at what a summer league all the way down to every time Matt Thomas pops up on a roster somewhere, you know it brings me back to that that wonderful time that we had in that summer league that was that was one of the uh, special moments and unfortunately it's not being replicated this year um, no, no
1: although if you are interested in Michael Beasley Michael Beasley's playing on the Portland summer mm-hmm. league roster Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I knew the
0: rules about who could play on a summer league team, but obviously I don't.
1: No, um, no. Yeah, I mean, if you're an old aging veteran that wants to get back in the league, you can find I guess a spot. You can, huh? you can play yeah. in the summer league. G League yeah. is different. Summer league is basically
0: like a casting ah, club, I right? got you. Come I on. got you. Yeah, you're Come right about that, it. Jamie. There is a Come distinction there, and I was probably thinking more of the G League.
2: Come on down to Vegas. Come on down. To- yeah, I mean they <laughs> yeah, need anybody yeah. to fill those
1: rosters on occasion because you can have only so many rookies and young players that can fill up those rosters that can actually right. competently play. Right.
0: Well, it was good to see Frank get an extension, although we haven't heard any terms of what they are. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, when you're when you have the money, the Lakers do you don't you don't de incentivize your employees by not giving them a raise that everybody else would expect you to give
1: well let Especially me ask when you The guys
0: th- won a championship and and injuries may have been the only thing preventing him from winning this get one well let so, me ask you know, this you,
1: but when let you, me ask you, you, you this you, you have to quick. take
0: you have to take care of him in advance before you can't let him go out as a lame duck and and the Lakers did the right thing the smart thing the only thing they really could do
1: well let me let me ask ask you this i mean i i agree with you know extending frank vocal and we'll talk to jamie sweet who's been I want to say the biggest detractor of our group that, you know, as far as Frank Vogel is concerned, or let me say the most vocal about Frank Vogel one way or the other. It, that's probably the best way to say it. But Tom, I'm worried about the coaching staff per se, because you still have Phil Handy there, I believe. And mm-hmm. you got Mike Penberthy who did such an outstanding job. And I'm being very <laughs> facetious as I say that uh, in regards to a shooting coach. There's uh-huh. talk about him moving him up the to the assistant coach, and I don't really get that because he, you know, just even as a player, it's just like he wasn't even there in the first place. But you saw the is that that's my sentiment exactly on Mike Penberthy there, Jamie. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you this: I mean, are you kind of worried because the Lionel Holland situation not retaining him? I guess they made him he did the Lakers didn't like the the offer or they didn't, you know, they, they made an offer was too low ball Lionel Hollins didn't agree to it. And so he's moving on. And just, it seems to me that I'm, you know, with a, with a staff like this, if you want to really go out and, and do what the Lakers did, just what, less than a year ago, you want to have a nice staff underneath Frank Vogel. And I know it went back, you know, two years, almost two seasons ago, it went from, okay, You've got Jason Kidd, who's probably wanted to take your job. You've got Lionel Hollins, who, wants to, who looks like he might take your job. You know, that's that, that environment that we thought might be there never materialized. But still, you do want some experience behind you. And outside of Phil Handy, I'm really concerned about the Lakers coaching staff behind Vogel.
0: I think that Frank is a... Uh, I don't think any of this stuff bothers him, and I don't think any of these changes. I think what happens is that When you win, it covers up everything. It covers up all the little incidences between relationships that your employees have, and and there's always something going on between somebody. It's just like this year we hear about Dennis and Coos having, you know, a tiff during the year, and, and you hear all of these remarks, and, of course, the reason is we lost. You know, a lot of that stuff we might not have even heard had we won. I, you know, I... I think worrying, you worry about everything, Gerald, you know, I mean, seriously, it's it's more a case, I think, that it comes down to a personal thing. I think that Vogel is very secure in his role as the head coach. I don't think he's been threatened in that situation since he arrived here. I think he's a great communicator. Um, I think there may have been too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will, because uh, apparently, Lionel's complaint really was that he was left out of the communication loop and so forth. And yet that seems contrary to the style of almost everything I've seen happen with the Palenka-led Lakers, that they're a total collaboration. And sometimes they overcollaborate rather than, you know, having a George Blanda just to make or a or a Dr. Bus just to make the decision, you know, when it's a tough one, instead of having maybe sometimes and a whole day of arguing whether we should trade for this guy or not trade for this guy. But uh, it's worked so far for the Lakers, and I, and, and I think that I, you know, I try not to worry about any of those situations, you know. Um, but, you're, you know, you're a fan, so naturally you do. I mean, I write articles about what alarms me. You bring up the subjects that alarm you, you know, and, and uh, everybody, you know, has their, their own point of view on how this season has gone. Um, I found myself on a roller coaster, you know, where uh, I was disappointed in the first moment and then elated when I started to think about, you know, the whole situation. And then then all of a sudden, when I started thinking, worrying about all of these minimum contracts we have and not having any trading chips going forward, uh, I got a little bit down. But, you know, I'm on another rise just thinking that, you know, uh, I actually think that uh, everybody's underestimating the Lakers. I mean, I really not Vegas yeah I, I, I well even <laughs> even though i mean i'm I'm of the I'm of the vision of Jamie was on day one that Russ is going to make people eat their words when you think oh, of yeah. what he'll do with those possessions that we wasted on Dennis Schruder, um it's it's going to be a major difference it's the old issue is not going to be the fourth and fifth starter for the Lakers, it's going to be Russell Westbrook and how he fits in with the Lakers. And if (laughs) he's at the perfect age, just like Dwight was the perfect age and the perfect situation to take advantage of it. Um, And it's that old argument about Russ that he's not a winner, you know, And, and everybody looks at Russell and they have an attitude that, well, can the Lakers make him a winner? It really should be, can Russ make the Lakers a winner, not the other way around, that's you insane. know? And it's a distinction that's really critical here because everybody, I mean, everybody, nine out of 10 articles I read are critical of the Russ, of, of trading for Russ, just because they figure that you can't make it work. And it's such a contrast to when when Brooklyn traded for Harden and, and all you heard was, Oh, Harden, who never in his life has adjusted to anything, was going to just totally become a facilitator. Well, and he did for the most for them, part. T- he did
2: for the most yeah, part. But-
0: fortunately for them, they never had a chance to have all three of them healthy at the same time in order yeah. to really figure out that's what I do. So they're the always cap, just yeah. running the, t- the You know, your turn, my turn, to you know, hey. two superstar offensive system. But, uh, you know, so as I said, I, I'm happy the Lakers didn't screw around with Frank you know, and, and try to, you know, leave him hanging in the air, give him his that dang raise. If you don't like what he did at the end of the year, fire him. you know, but don't, don't hang him out there in
3: public. This is Raphael from NBA draft junkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate
2: ankle sprains and they happen way too often. and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
1: Well, you know, with the Lakers, they have enough money on hand. If he does a poor job or if, he, if the team slides down, they'll fire him and they'll sit on the contract. That's not a problem. They're not a t- team that... Okay. Sometimes they try to act like a, a team that like penny the Sacramento pinches. Sacramento
0: Kings that refused yeah. to fire. Well, I mean, Luke the Lakers Walton. sometimes
1: they sometimes act like they're they're a team that penny pinches, and then you realize, okay, yeah, they're worth four billion dollars, and they make you know right. you know a ton of money. So that's you know, market value, though. That's exactly not and, and exactly it, cash. Yeah, <laughs> and if LeBron sours on Vogel, you know, at whatever point, you know that that it's going to mean Vogel's job. So it's. Yeah. I mean, but right now I think it is a well-deserved, you know, extension. I think, you know, obviously you says you have confidence in him. I'm worried about the offense because that's something that has not been his forte during his tenure. So that's why I'm talking to Laker Tom about having enough support staff underneath him that can help him improve areas of his coaching which i need yeah it, i think we don't like we don't
0: like an offensive coordinator i think that's uh yeah uh, that's, that's, I'm that's,
1: that's all i'm saying Tom. that's all yeah. i'm saying yeah i mean i mean yeah. defensively
0: there's no question it's great defensively yeah. but offensively yeah.
1: Uh, yeah and even at this time i still think even with the ancient guys that they got yeah. i still think that they can coach their he can coach their way into like i'd say a 10th 11th 12th defensive rated team you know what I mean? Even with the the advantage of it, you know, well, they'll and even do all better. All they'll guys. even do
0: better than that because of how important LeBron yeah, and I, AD I are. And I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron and AD are healthy, and if Russ really
1: well, yeah, gets that's the, the key
0: defense to his capabilities. You have three pretty strong anchors in there, and you throw in you throw in Dwight coming in.
1: And I'm not even talking about Fariza.
0: The- you know, if Ariza can recover and 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 have a you know a bounce back year. Um, we could be pretty good defensively.
1: If we're anywhere near top 10, that's great yeah. because our the fact is our shooting improved and our transition improved with Russell Westbrook. And I'm not, right. when it comes to Russell Westbrook, I'm not talking the regular season. I never talked about regular season because the Lakers, they should lead the Western conference. They should be number one in the Western conference. I think again, we, if LeBron and AD are healthy, well, you got to tell me who, because Phoenix, I don't expect Phoenix to rise that high. Again, you, you cannot, cannot go ahead and say you, I mean, they over, hey, they overexcid their expectations. Utah. <laughs> Where this
0: year is Miami. Uh,
1: yeah. Utah. <laughs> not, you know, Utah's Miami, still I up matters. in the air because of all things are going on there. I really think the Lakers can be, you know, number one in the West. I mean, If LeBron and AD are healthy, those guys can take us four and win 40 games. So just imagine with regular NBA players, (laughs) you're talking about 55, 60 wins there. And Kawhi is going to
0: be out most of the year.
1: For me, it's about
2: the matchups in the playoffs.
0: Most of the year. You
2: know, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be hard to see what those matchups are going to be. We're, yeah, we're
1: so to I'm not and I'm now. not even sure what they are yet. But again, that's where I'm worried about Russell Westbrook. When yeah. I when I've made criticisms about the trade, it's not for the season because during the season, I think the Lakers are going to be fine. It's the it's the playoffs. Like for instance, against the Nets, I mean the Nets have a have a sheer advantage in the backcourt. The Lakers have a sheer advantage in the front court and you know that's you're talking about the semantics there. but and the Lakers have a
0: sheer advantage defensively.
1: We'll see. We'll see, much That remains to be
2: seen. Yeah, say, let's, let's see all on that like, one oh, okay, we we're, we're all just farting on the wind here, like this. this yeah. Is well, like, AD, this is like if AD plays, plays, if the AD only
1: question
0: plays, would be: is Harden is Harden anywhere close to being as good as Westbrook could be?
1: Well, let's and and let's see. AD's got to play like AD if he's yeah, if he we'll plays like support. like a, like, a, like the guy we know he can. I know I'm getting to you, my friend. But <laughs> also here today to talk about <laughs> whether it's the summer league or also Frank Vogel's ascension. He's a guy who just popped on, which you gotta catch at Lakerholics.com. You gotta catch all the great things he's saying. He's a good man indeed. It is our madman from Canada, who is still alive after all the destruction in Toronto, with Toronto winning, you know, and all that. But he's a good man indeed. It is Sean Grice, aka Magic Man. Magic Man, great to have you here. Your thoughts on Frank Vogel's extension because the summer league, the Lakers team. We'd, rather, rather, we'd much rather talk about Frank Vogel's extension. Let's just put it that way.
3: Yeah, I agree, Gerald, 100%. We'll just forget that that uh, game just happened. It's, it's, I it's mean, the Lakers won. Fact,
1: God bless them. God bless them. But, yeah, that team does not have any standouts that you can say, you know yeah. what, that guy's going to make a real contribution yeah, yeah. this year.
0: Nobody's going to make yeah. the varsity. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> no. and, and in Mac McClellan's case, he might not even make junior varsity because he still yeah. looks like he's 12. It, yeah, his goal exactly. is to be Alex. <laughs> there you go. But go ahead Sean.
3: Yeah, um you know all all bets are off when it comes to anybody we we don't know what's in somebody's heart but yeah, Mac Mac looks like he's uh David more than Goliath right now as far as <laughs> Um but as far as Vogel's extension, I mean I I think the consensus is clear it's well earned. He yeah. uh, he deserved it, but like you said, Gerald, there's there's always uh, a parachute waiting to uh, just pop him out into the. Uh, well,
1: well, this could, yeah, he has a sigh of relief
3: because now he doesn't
1: have like Jason Kidd or a Lionel Hollins who have extensive coaching experience right behind him. He doesn't have to worry about that, even though the press and we made, you know, probably made it more out to be as bigger than it actually was as far as the hot seat is concerned. Cause it was never hot because he ended up winning the championship. But, you know, I'm just worried, you know, when I talked to Laker Tom and, and Jamie sweet about this, it's the support that I think he needs. I'm worried about that part of it because, While Phil Handy, nobody questions about him and the effort he's given the team over the past three years and and three seasons and the outstanding job he's done there. It's everything else. And I think that Laker Tom said it right when an offensive coordinator is needed. Magic Man, do you concur with Laker Tom and myself on that? That I think that he needs a little help making a little bit more imaginative offense. That's one of Jamie Sweet's biggest contentions and has been for months.
3: I think there's some validity to to that uh, uh, perception, Gerald, definitely. Um, the only problem I see is that we're so far down the road here, I'm not sure if you could find somebody who's ready to jump on the train while it's moving right now. Um, I thought maybe the time for that would be a couple months ago. Yeah. I mean, let, let's face it, the Lakers decided – Even after the first round exit, they were going to extend, Frank. It was just a matter of uh, timing. Yeah. Um, As far as uh, the speculation about what's going on in the West, Gerald, I'd have to agree with you. I think we should be at least a top three seed, even with a, a couple injuries here and there. I think that's a realistic goal. I I said on the on uh, LakerHolics earlier that I thought that this team wouldn't really take form until about February. I think that's when you'll start to see some some patterns and some guys that Frank and the coaching staff and LeBron and AD um, click with. And I think a bench mob will come out of this. I really do. I just think it's going to take time, as far as that's concerned. Um, <clears throat> Malik Monk's offense is and can be very proficient. However, his defense is questionable, and I'd rather I'd rather Talon get minutes over Malik Monk just based on skill set and where Talon is. I think Talon is a more versatile offensive player than Malik Monk, and I think while his defense is still a work in progress, I was. Really pleased with his performance, I mean he really improved. he rarely made the same mistake twice. Um, I would have liked to seen more minutes in the playoffs, but for some reason, inexplicably to me still, because there's still no explanation why Talen didn't get any minutes or why he was benched basically um yeah, got that I mean, it's all
1: about the J it's yeah, all about the J, my yeah. friend.
3: I know. I, I understand in, in today's game, that's, that's a necessity, but you know, Gerald with, uh, with our injuries, I, I really didn't think we had anything to lose by popping him in there and seeing what he could do.
1: Uh, that's a point. That's a good point. So I'm hoping THT can find some more consistency. He's 20. So he has time to build up his game. I'm, I'm hoping the early habits that I see that he has now are not going to translate and continue going forward that he can work on his game work on his ability to finish I mean he's he's, to me a lot of it's three quarters there and then he just that other that last bit of being able to put the ball through the hoop seems to still be an issue and then also shooting as well but yes Sean before I hit up Jamie with his thoughts on Frank Vogel, because I'm very interested in that go ahead some last thoughts
3: yeah, no, Gerald, I also I also wanted to get this across, and uh, I, I couldn't put it in a, an article. I thought I'd, it'd be better if it was spoken. Um, if you look at the type of players that Rob and LeBron and AD and the staff were thinking about putting around, they're all very similar body types. Malik Monk and THT, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, they're all long and lean, Um, You know, there's not a lot of big muscular guys, excuse me, on the perimeter. So while in essence, I agree with some criticisms that, you know, they may get picked on in the pick and roll. And I think that's true to an extent. I also think there's a quality of Frank's teaching methods as a defensive coach that will allow players to be successful at what they're good at defensively. In other words, uh, Frank is a very adept at finding what you're good at defensively and giving you opportunities to play more. He gives people opportunities. If you show what you have defensively.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, the team gelling in February, The only thing I would add to that is I say that's probably the case if that, you know, if everybody stays relatively healthy. But LeBron and AD are fresh going into the season and they could literally ride, uh, you know, or, or carry this entire team to a good record until that point when the rest of the team catches up with them. So if that's the case and they're healthy and AD plays like the defensive player of the year and an MVP candidate and LeBron still plays like LeBron before Solomon Hill rolled over his leg. I think you got to watch out for this team. And as far as in the regular season, concerned, they could surprise a lot of people at the top of the Western Conference. But the top three seed, I, I see that as well. But Jamie, Frank Vogel, extension. This is someone, again, who you told about as far as on the offensive end. You know, it's needed a lot of work. But my friend, I, I want the last word on this with you. So please share your thoughts on Frank Vogel's extension.
2: I'm hoping in year three of the Frank Vogel era, we see what the Frank Vogel offense looks like, uh, because it looks like, uh, hey, let's put the ball in superstar A, B, or C's hand, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Which is a bit of a joke, you know. I'm, I'm, I think that I think Tom's point about can't have him being a lame duck going into the season is very astute, Uh, and I also think Magic Man's point about him finding your defensive contribution and unlocking it as a student i mean he's a great defensive coach there's no there's no taking that away from him he's like the mike d'antoni of defensive coaches he 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 encourages and gets you to play the best defense you possibly can where mike d'antoni encourage and gets you to be the best offensive player you possibly can and if there was only a way we could take both men and put them in a lab and you know the man with two brains comes to
1: mind with Steve Martin, if anybody. Well, he was a, he, he was that open. Class. He he left Brooklyn. He could Lakers Lakers could have had him, but now he decided to be an there's, advisor on the Pelicans.
2: There's no way the Root and Tootin Mike D'Antoni system's uh, coming back to L. A. Not after the way. <laughs> there's no way he's not coming back. It, it, it's no, it's that's that's a
0: yeah, we run the LeBron James system. <laughs> that's what true. we run. Yeah. Well, this now we're
2: going to run the Russell Westbrook system. This is going to be Frank's biggest challenge this year. Is Getting those two guys to agree—they're both are used to having the ball in their hands all the time, uh, all get, all year long. Not like oh, you know, like even in Miami when LeBron tried to give it to Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade ultimately was like, "You don't think they've
0: way. already agreed?"
2: Look, it's all fine and good to agree over chicken rotisserie, uh, you know, a month before the season. <laughs> I, I mean, that's 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 this this. Yes, I do think they are like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, 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 Might have yep, been yep, on yep, yep, Taco
1: yep, Tuesday. You never
2: know. <laughs> right. But, like, when the game is on the line and Russ is like, give me run, and LeBron's like, bro, like, that's when Frank's <laughs> going to have to earn this extension. So we haven't seen – we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So, yes, I'm sure they all agreed over uh, Alfredo and uh, mm. Rolls. Or whatever it was they had for dinner that night, but um, you know uh, uh, that means nothing when the regular season starts, and it but means even less when the playoffs roll around.
1: Overall, um, so, you're you're okay with the Frank vocal extension.
2: I mean, the only I mean, who would who would you who would you who would anybody nominate to take over at this point, right? Like, I feel like they're gonna let Frank go until LeBron and or AD says, "Uh-uh," like this isn't working for me anymore. That's it. Uh they're gonna let it roll like they let Brian Scott roll with Kobe. Uh it's gonna be however that's how it's gonna go down.
1: We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, The um, only thing is, though, that Vogel has the championship with him, and that's something oh, no. that you get a little bit of uh, at least a leeway in there. Yeah, that's yeah he's, not, so, he's
3: he, not David Black.
1: He's not no. David. Black. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's
3: not David Black. But I mean, right. So, like, right. David Black, Cherry
2: Stotts. Uh, well, the thing
1: is with David Black, you got to say that, okay, LeBron hated his guts, but the guy <laughs> was leading the Eastern Conference at the time he was fired. So, I know.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I know. Hey, this is, but that's what I'm saying. If LeBron yeah. says,
1: "Yeah, you gotta go, no that's matter that's what your record." You go. you
2: yeah. Oh, you're go. leading the Western Conference, and it's Game Seven of the Western Finals. You're fired.
1: You're gone. <laughs> yes.
2: you're, like, bye. Don't, don't, don't go say hi to the team or anything. LeBron doesn't want to talk to you. No, I mean, I kind of joke, but I mean, who would replace? Who would replace him? Terry Stotts, Steve Clifford. Those are probably
1: Becky Hammond, There you go. Put in Becky Hammond
2: but no that's not gonna happen with this team right now right like yeah.
1: that's not that's not how this team that's not gonna happen with this team she Hold has on. to that wait until pop, she has to wait until pop retires she'll, you know because no oh. one else she'll just interview and no one else is going to be able to and no one else okay. wants to go ahead and hire her, or else she would have been hired by now I think she's a great coach i th- I've seen her work I've seen her interact with her players I've actually watched Spurs games and I've seen the way she she mm-hmm. talks to the players and the way they respect her. She's going to be a great coach when she's given the opportunity. And I'll just leave it at that. It better be a good
0: opportunity, though, because.
1: Well, not right now in the Spurs. Be easy.
0: It's not going to be easy.
1: I mean, Pop is about ready to leave here in the next couple of years or whatever. And yeah. they're is not going to be a good team. The they're not they good would have team. left
0: and given her the opportunity or be anticipating that but I have a feeling that he's going to just try to last as long as he can.
1: And they're going to win 20 games, and then they're going to say, here you go, Becky, and that's that's well, unfortunate for
3: her. Yeah, and
0: that's, well, that's going to be the unfortunate part about it. Yeah.
3: I, I, uh, I, I disagree. I disagree. You think that. they're
1: decent right now?
3: No, no, not in that
1: sense. <laughs> You're <laughs> no, predicting not, not
3: playoffs, nonsense. I see. I agree 100% there. I was talking about Becky Hammond. I'm, um, I'm, I made this point earlier. Look, Greg Popovich once said that if he never became an NBA head coach, he would work in the CIA. This is a very intelligent man and thinks on a different level than most people. And I don't think he would bring Becky Hammond in as a coach and treat her like every other coach and see something in her as a person that would elevate her to be respected by other people.
1: But you gotta remember, I, he also brought in Tim Duncan for a year. Tim Duncan and, was supposed to be the heir apparent, and he backed out and he left. He bailed back into retirement. Yeah. He bailed. But, and, but even bailed. though Becky Hammond was there the whole and time. Said,
3: yeah, and, and he admitted it. He said, I didn't like this. It's hard. So, I <laughs> that's hard.
1: He was yeah, honest he, about it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, so again, I think Becky Hammond's going to kill it whenever she's a coach. I just worry, you know, like Dick or Tom, and, and we've tried to elude. you. To have you have
0: to have a team that you can kill it with, though. Yeah,
1: that's the problem. That's because, the problem. Because yeah. when he retires, how bad will the Spurs be? Because right now they don't seem to be heading in the right direction. I don't like the moves that they have in this offseason. Doug McDermott is not going to change around your franchise no matter what contract you throw at him. So, I mean, at this point, it's a wait and see. Could all that young talent develop in the Spurs? Yes, and they could maybe make an eight seed, possibly. But I'm I'm leaning towards the other way. To me, as far as their direction is concerned, but that's that's the day again, of the Admiral
0: and Timmy are gone.
1: Yeah, they're gone for now. But guys, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and ask you this. is something off topic. I forgot to ask you as I would touched on today, but the thoughts on the starting lineup because a lot of people are saying that like Laker Tom and what we saw with Mark Stein reporting that AD is going to be playing a lot more of the five. There's even rumors that they might even start as the four and five, but most likely we're going to probably see a traditional let's throw Marcus all out there in the starting lineup and see what works, which I uh, see a lot <laughs> of head shaking. I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of individuals out there analysts are, are predicting that it's going to go the way it was before which I am hoping smarter heads prevail and, and, and that they will start AD at the five and go from there. But guys, before mm. we end on out, I want to hear your thoughts on the start. On the, really right. quick. <laughs> well, let's start with Laker, Tom Laker, Tom, if you were coaching mm. right now, or actually you not know if you're Mr. Predictor right now at the beginning of the season, everybody's healthy, gets your training camp fine. What's your starting five? I'm that you think will be,
0: an, I'm going to talk it into an existence because it has, okay. to, be, it has you, to be. You do, you do. Westbrook at the one, LeBron James at the four, Anthony Davis at the five. Now the two and three, I think, are going to be decided at the end of camp when we see how everybody does.
1: Okay,
0: but but I think I'm going to make some guesses. I'm going to guess that because we use most of our MLE for him, that none is going to start at one of those two spots. So he's probably the two, um, and then the three is going to be interesting because we really want two shooters out there. I'm going to go with Ariza because I think we need the defense and I, and the size six eight. Again, I think it could be any combination of the five guys. I think that you know uh, definitely Wayne Ellington is got to be in there because first off he's one of the best. He he's one of the, probably next to next to. Steph, he's probably the best guy at repositioning after he takes a pass and and repositioning so he's got an open shot. He's able, he's, he shoots six a game, so he's a good possibility. Bazemore, because of his defense again, although he's only 6'4", is a good possibility. Um, there's THT. What if THT comes into, into camp and shoots 45% for the entire preseason and so forth? There's a possibility that when you put that together with the other skills that he's got, um, he's definitely in the picture. So there's, I don't care who it is in the two and three. The big decision is really, if you go and fill up the five with Gasol, the big problem I have with that is that I think this team is built to do two things, to be fast and physical. And that's whether Westbrook is going to make us so much faster. We are going to blaze down the court. And the last thing you want if you're trying to do that is Mark Gasol trudging along as the trailer. You know, that just doesn't work. Um, and you can't put Howard out there because he can't shoot. And that makes Westbrook and Howard. You got two guys that can't shoot. So the whole game comes down to Wes Green, Russ Green. that I am not I'm, I'm going to make a, I'm going to shoot a layups. I'll shoot a maybe a couple of threes a game and a couple of mid ranges, but basically I'm going to do layups and lay layups and passes. And he'll, he'll do that. And when he does that, he's going to be flying all over the court. And the thing that everybody keeps forgetting every time that you got. Guys-
1: he, got so bad. <laughs> he just got so mad. He, yeah, no, Tom, you're, you, Tom, you're on mute. He oh. folks, he just got so mad that he put himself on mute. You Tom, put yourself you're on mute, mute. Tom, you're on mute. <laughs> you're burnt, you're burnt. I'll say is this. Sometimes you're sometimes, Tom, I ask questions. Oh, I know I'm gonna get a fiery response from you. Oh. And I love it. And I absolutely oh. love your fiery responses. I'm going to say I agree with you, but I'll let you finish up right now because you got so mad you just turned on mute. But go ahead and finish oh, up, my friend. Right. Like, but now you're still on mute. You're now, still on mute somehow. Oh, you're you're still on mute. I think you knocked your ear microphone plug off. Can you, you got Yes, yeah, no, I you. can hear you now. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> no, that's okay.
1: Happen. You're good. Everybody loves your enthusiasm. So that's at why you're any rate, um,
0: I keep hearing, and it's not just – it's the articles I read. It's the podcasts I listen to. It's you guys talking, the friends. It's the, it's the people on the site. Everybody keeps talking about LeBron and AD. It's LeBron and AD. It's LeBron and AD. It's LeBron and AD. And it's like, I'm sitting there. If I was, if I was Russell Westbrook, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, what they think I'm Dennis Schroeder? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm being ignored. He's a third superstar. He averaged a triple-double. More assists than LeBron does. He's Uh, a better passer for the lob. And if you move LeBron and AD to the four and five, who is going to be catching those lobs? Who's going to be taking shots closer to the rim like we want? Who's going to be passing out to those open shooters? All it takes is a little restraint and some good basketball IQ and understanding that, yeah, Russ, you can make Los Angeles a winner just as much as they can make you a winner.
1: Well, when, when we talk about LeBron and AD, LeBron and AD, LeBron and AD are the key. It's not Russ. Russ is a third star, but he is a number three third star. He's the
0: wild card this year. He's the wild
1: card this year, and He's everybody's forgetting. But, but what drives this He's team is card. LeBron and AD. If LeBron and AD are healthy, this team is a favorite for the if the NBA. And how champion. are
0: they going to play? Are they going to play big or are they going to play small? That's because the problem. The I mean, talk, all of the talk of them moving to the four and a five is about playing small.
1: But if I see Gasol out there starting, I'm He's not going to say I'm surprised. You know I'm, why? I'm not going to say I'm surprised. I don't want that to happen, though.
0: This is not Rob's plan. This is not Frank's plan. This is Russ, LeBron, and AD's plan. Okay. And the superstars uh, rule this league. And that That's they the do. That's the difference that everybody's forgetting.
1: And I ho- certainly hope that they they agree to it and take your word for it. But, Jamie... And Magic Man, I'm gonna save you for last, my friend, on your starting lineup. Hope, hopefully, you will not be so angry you'll turn yourself on mute on that for you. But uh, Jamie, your thoughts on the starting lineup? I mean, Laker Tom, Tom is preaching to the choir here. We all do not want to see Marcus on that starting lineup. But your I think he's going to get the- traded. Who's that? That's a possibility. I don't you know, think he's
0: gonna. am not going to be on the lo- roster. I don't think.
1: I would. I'm going to tell you right now. I would love that Dennis Schroeder sign and trade for Marcus Smart. I would just love that from a oh, defensive God. standpoint. Yeah, that's, me too.
2: That's too good to be true. That's too good
1: to be true. I heard that rumor yeah. and I was like, yeah, but you know, that's just just yeah. a rumor right now. But Jamie, not, go yeah. ahead. Uh, what do you think the starting lineup is going to be like on opening day?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, Laker not going to like to hear this, but I do, think, uh, uh, I do think that. that I'll t- So t- two reasons. Two reasons. That, so let's, let me start. Russ, obviously, at the point guard. Uh, I'm going to say Kendrick Nunn uh, as the shooting guard, but uh, open to see him getting beat out uh, by either Monk, uh, if Monk can show us something defensively in training camp, or Bazemore. I could see us starting Bazemore at the two as well that's what i really liked about the Kent Bazemore pickup is that he really slots in well at the two or the three. Uh, if he's not at the two, then I have Bazemore starting at the three uh, just because he opens up all the aspects of the four and it allows, it allows for the, uh, for us to really have a lineup that has the best chance of staying healthy all season long. Uh, I worry about a reason not being able to stand up to the 82 season grind and probably missing 15, 20 games over the course of the season uh, for maintenance or actual injury or whatever. Um, so I, and that was one of the hallmarks of our first champion or Frank's first champion was that that start, there's very little roster flipping about and messing about. And last season was the complete opposite. I think we had 28 different starting lineups, uh, you know, guys in and out due to injury guys in and out due to incompetence, just a, a, a complete, uh, you know, mess of a, of a starting if a they starting shoot official. their
1: average if all these guys bring brought in being brought in shoot their average of 40 percent. if trevor reza shoots 35 36 that he has done it over the course of his career from time to time if all the rest of these guys shoot their average that they shot last year the lakers are in a very good shape
2: yeah, they, they would be a good fight, shape three point wise. Uh, I'm not worried about scoring. We have LeBron James, we have Anthony yeah. Davis, we have Russell Westbrook. I'm not worried about the offense. The Frank Vogel offense, whatever it is, will remain a, a, a juggernaut. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the superstar offense. That's you know right. now. You know what we should say? We should say the Frank Vogel offense now with more superstars. <laughs> um, so that's how I'll start phrasing it from now. On. I like that. So that works for me. Um, well, I'm worried about the defensive end, and so that's where guys like Monk, guys like Ta. Uh, Older guys. So who's starting at the four? So who's your
1: who's your starters?
2: Well, you got me all derailed with your questions. I was in the middle of a groove, and you you you, 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 you you, pull the you pull the switch on me and ask me about three uh, percentage of shooting. Uh, I I got eight to start the games. I have AD at the four and uh, LeBron at the three and Gasol at the five. And I'll tell you why I have Gasol at the five. There's two reasons. One, for mm-hmm. all of his Russ can't shoot, Russ is terrible at three-pointers, he has had a tremendous amount of success with elite rowing big men. Uh, so I could I see either, in that regard, see either uh, Dwight or Mark getting the starting nod. The only reason I give it to Mark is because Mark does shoot the three-point shot.
0: Less uh, than one a game. He makes less than one a game.
2: Yeah, but he makes a high percentage, and he's and his passing is respected. You don't Once see a game,
0: Mark... he'll make one.
2: I don't, you know, if you go back and watch from last season, you don't see Mark's guy sagging off down into the paint. He stops at the top of the key. Uh, he stops at the circle above the free flow line. So that is what I believe is the purpose of creating space.
0: Well, that, so, but you, also so can move around. you can also move around and reposition yourself to get open to fake. Mark goes out there like a statue and it's easy to guard him because you can lean the other people because you know he's right there and he's not going to move.
2: If the goal is to create space, I don't see Mark as being a detriment to that. So, and it then you're left with only one shooter. All right, all right, all right. right. Listen, we heard you. We we (laughs) (laughs) mute (laughs) for crying out loud.
1: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans! Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles
2: The reason I say Mark is because he's an elite passer. He's an elite. He can hit from three. I know he's not a volume three-point shooter, but he takes smart shots, and he takes wise shots. So that's to me, is worth more than volume. And he's still a defensive force. We had a high defensive rating on the floor with Marcus Gasol in the lineup last season. That's what's going to drive our starting lineup. It's not going to be flash. It's not going to be volume three-point shooting. It, it will be defensive efficiency. Now, will that be the lineup to close games? Definitely not. I wholly expect to see Anthony Davis at the five to close games. I wholly expect to see LeBron James at the four and the rest of the lineup to make itself work as as everything dictates. For the first five minutes of the game, I think we're going to go OG Warriors, and uh, it'll be Bogut 2.0 in the form of Mark Gasol because he can hit the three.
1: Thank you so much, Felix, for hopping on and checking us out tonight. But, Sean, your thoughts on the, the opening day lineup. I mean, my lineup was preferable to Laker Tom, except for the fact that at the three spot, I, I think Bazemore got a guarantee or at least got a strong wording of playing time. That's why he came over to Lakers. I know Kendrick Nunn, he's the only one that didn't sign a minimum. He signed at two years, $10 million with the second-year second player option, but I think he's getting a strong look at the number two-guard two position, even though he's smaller at 6'2". I really think when it comes to what I would like to see, I'd like to see the game starting with AD at the 5. What I think we will see, unfortunately, because old habits die hard, is Gasol at the 5, unfortunately. I really do think and I really do hope that they take Laker Tom's advice, and I'll just leave it at that. But Magic Man... What are your thoughts on an opening day lineup for the Lakers?
3: Yeah, Gerald, i I agree. I agree with you and agree with Laker Tom. I don't think uh, Gasol should start. I think um, the starting five should be Russ at the one, none at the two, Beismar at the three, LeBron at the four, and AD at the five. That would be that would be your optimal lineup for a couple reasons. One. You get the three plus two lineup. So what do I mean by three plus two? Well, like Laker Tom illustrated, Russ is a superstar. So you have Russ, AD, LeBron. You have three superstars. You put two shooters with them at all times on the court whenever they're together. So the two guys that would immediately meet that optimal need for offense and defense would be Kendrick Nunn and uh, Bazemore. I mean, they're not stiffs defensively. Bazemore is very active. I think he'll be asked to guard multiple positions. I don't think it'll just be the best perimeter player on the court. Um, One defensive tactic we saw in the playoffs, I mean, it didn't ultimately work out for the Hawks, but Nate McMillan decided, okay, I'm going to go small. And defensively, I'm going to put Trey on their third best perimeter player. And if you want to play through him, by all means, go ahead, because you're taking the ball out of Chris Middleton and Giannis's hands. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Frank had to employ a tactic like that or two defensively. I've seen it before. Getting back to Gasol, um, let me ask you guys a question. I know um, the Olympics, people have been in and out. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves have a problem on their hands right now. Juan Hernan Gomez is a really good player. He's, He's quietly put together a pretty good career. He's got a pretty good game out on the court. Minnesota blocked him from competing with Spain in the Olympics, and he's pissed off. So it wouldn't surprise me if a contender picked him up. Now, I would prefer it would be us. Um, I'm not sure if Marc Gasol in a second or two would do that. I'd, I, I don't know, but he's a really good player. He would replace Gasol immediately on the court with his defensive presence. But, yeah, I agree. I don't think Marc Gasol should see a lot of time. Uh, I didn't really give much thought to the Lakers trading him, as Laker Tom illustrated, but... Now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably the best option going forward. It probably is the best option for the team,
1: ultimately. I mean, I understand that the optics and the analytics say that Gasol maybe still have something left on the defensive end, but I've traditionally, with the eye test, seen him repeatedly beaten uh, by smaller, faster, quicker guards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, and he's just not able to chase out to the even to the, to the line, the three-point line. We've seen him get beat on several occasions trying to reach out and extend to the line. So I would be concerned if the Lakers still continue with Gasol. And, uh, but I'm I'm like you, Jamie. I think that Frank Vogel, uh, you know, the optics for that die hard. You know, then the old habits that they have, I think that they'll try to start the traditional 5-4-3 type deal, which I think goes against what Laker Tom and I think should be ultimately what, what the future for the team would be. And ultimately, by the end of the game, Gasol's not in there anyways, but still getting off to those bad starts. I mean, it frustrated Laker Tom to no end when the team team continuously got off to bad starts, and we were relating it to one area, and that was Gasol continuously on the floor, and the team was getting off to bad starts. So I'd like to see them go ahead and try something different, and if AD is more amenable to that. And I understand, as Felix is saying, You know, is his health better, back injuries, age? I mean, he's still 28 years old. He's still in the prime of his career. He's always going to incur injuries because he wouldn't have signed that contract if he didn't know exactly how frail his body was. But, you know, if he does have the health, I think it's best to put him at the five spot. But that's just me. That's just me. But we'll see what happens.
0: The whole problem is that the the offense and the defense, I mean – Jamie's right that we had good stats when there were good defensive numbers when when we had the starting lineup that we had last year. But those numbers were never as good, and they weren't the numbers that won a championship. The numbers, the team that won a championship was was LeBron at the four and eighty at the five. And I would rather see them play the four and five and play twenty five minutes a game rather than thirty. I think that when you're playing closer to the basket like that, that may be better for AD than playing when he, where he starts off way off on the wing and gets a pass and, and tries to beat a guy because that's when it seems like he's pulling all of these muscles in his back and so forth. So, you know, it doesn't – I think the fact that we actually tried to trade and obviously obviously that trade to Minnesota involving, involving Alex Caruso and – and Mark Gasol, that was obviously an attempt by the Lakers to get out of Gasol. And obviously Caruso wasn't willing to go to Minnesota, which is why that deal <laughs> obviously fell apart. You know, that's not like it's very difficult to hey Alex, you want to go play for the worst team in the league? Right. With They'll no hope of them more. getting
2: better. Right. With no hope of them getting better anytime soon.
0: Not uh-huh. in your lifetime. Yeah, uh-huh. right. What do you think, Alex? How does that sound? He said, "You know, well, immediately you hold well, on. I have to place a call to the Bulls." You know, right?
3: <laughs> you know, well, again, you know as as oh, go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald. Um, I was just gonna make a comment off that Bulls statement. Um, you know, I'm 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 about being bold, so I'm gonna be bold here since we're, we're bringing up the, the Siberia of the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, I'm going to say that, look, the only realistic deal out there for Ben Simmons right now, if they really need to trade him, is Minnesota. It would be D'Angelo, Russell, Malik Beasley, and you know a few picks for him. That's the only realistic deal that Philly has right now. Unless they want to circle the wagons back to Indiana and go hat in hand and ask for Malcolm Brogdon and that first-round pick again, which I don't think you're going to get. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to make that bold. Dennis I think if Philly does pay them, <laughs> it's yeah. probably going to be the Siberia of the NBA.
0: You didn't like the Dennis Shooter trade idea? For, for, hey, nobody's, Philly, uh,
2: nobody's paying him more than $5 billion.
0: We can send enough picks now. They're only second rounders, but we've we got four should, or five of them.
1: We should not we should not waste them. We should let him walk away. for another. You know, Felix, Ben Simmons, if you were to go here to the Lakers, I'm that would be the best for thing. The Lakers. Yeah, that would be the most uh, – that would be the best and, and mostly, you know, just beneficial thing for, for the Lakers to get right now is that type of individual to play alongside and to somebody that could be playmaking and defensive and just match mm. up one through five against anybody. I mean, that – that would be just too good for words, but I don't think Daryl Morey has any thought of trading him to the Lakers anytime
0: soon.
2: No, <laughs> Nor paying Dennis Schroeder Ben Simmons money, let's be honest. Yes, like, right, yes. For all of his faults, Ben Simmons yeah. uh, has taken a team by himself pretty far in the NBA. Well,
0: that you could make you can a, a good ball, small ball center from with Ben Simmons.
3: I mean, I think he has. Oh, just God. To... Him,
0: LeBron, <laughs> yeah. and AD on defense?
3: No, here – Tom, if at any point this year Joel Joel Embiid is hurt for a long extended period of time, and Ben Simmons is still on the roster, you're going to have to play Ben Simmons and Andre <laughs> Drummond together. Yeah. And if you thought you had nightmares <laughs> with him playing with LeBron and AD, you ain't seen nothing oh, yet. My God. Well, but
0: but uh, Andre and Joel are already such a there are they're just like the the most unlikely match that you'd ever find as the as the two centers on a team.
2: I couldn't believe Dre chose to go there. I couldn't believe that, it wasn't somewhere. Tom, Tom, well that tells
0: you somewhere. what Andre that tells you what situation was for him.
2: Uh, yeah. well
0: totally I mean he didn't pull a Dennis Schroeder, but that was that's pretty close. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, but right now with Ben I'm Simmons. My... He should have never
2: accepted a buyout. He should have got paid. No, so I,
3: I, Sean, I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I actually think Drummond's situation is worse. I mean, he had to sign with the team, and he's got to back up his biggest troll. Right. Yes. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: I would you love got to point,
1: be John. I agree.
2: I would, I would love to be. Dennis, in Philadelphia. Dennis is still going
1: to get paid at least ten million. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But guys, it's been great talking to each and every one of you on tonight's episode. Love your thoughts on the starting lineups and cannot thank enough Felix and everybody else that's watched and listened to tonight's program. But before we head on out, guys, let's let me know what you're doing for Lakerholics.com. It is the place to go for everything. Lakers, go ahead, be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweet, I'm gonna start with you first. What's up for five things with Jamie Sweet? Uh, Probably not but, the Lakers summer league team. No,
2: definitely not. There's no reason to talk about it. I, I, I like listen. I love, I love summer league. I've gone to summer league a lot. There's just you know, there's just not really a. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go and see him at El Segundo uh, when they're playing uh, when they're playing for the uh, from the uh, South South City, uh, South City. <laughs> for the Lakers for the South Lakers, Lakers South Bay Lakers. I can't South Bay. My yeah. Anyhow. Uh, working on, uh, why Russ is going to revitalize the non-existent Frank Vogel offense right now. There's Russ, uh, you know, Tom said it right earlier, earlier in the show when, uh, the Russ trade is kind of now been like, because maybe it happened so early and so much has happened since then. And like Kevin Durant was like, Oh, I'll just get an extension. I don't need a ton of millions, which is, you know, frankly, True, you know, I'm sure he's made plenty of money and, and a few extra million, and allows them to maybe build a slightly better team around him, which you know ought to be the goal, one way or the other. I, I think that there are some things that Russell Westbrook brings to the table that have simply been overlooked, because he does them so consistently and so well, and frankly, so effortlessly, that you just end up taking a good look. I mean, I don't know if there are two superstars that are relegated to the back heap of to more than. Russ and LeBron, it's like, oh, yeah, there's that LeBron at an advanced age taking a team to the NBA Finals and, like, doing it all. Oh, that LeBron. Uh, it, it, I don't understand it. So uh, I think that that there's a few things that Russ brings to the table that really uh, have the potential to be uh, incredibly dynamic in, in regards to the, the roster that, uh, that uh, Rob Poinka has uh, assembled. Defense isn't one of those things. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be the hole on defense that he's portrayed as. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, I'm a little bit more worried about our bench, frankly, than our starting five, because uh, our starting five will have Davis and LeBron, who are both capable defenders. Probably going to have Baez more at either the two or the th- or three, depending on how the lineup shakes out. I honestly, for my starting five, I don't. I, I see none as being the primary backup to uh, Russ, so I don't necessarily see him as starting at the two. He's only six-two. He's not very big. Uh, and that's kind of a good growth pattern or a growth, you know, trajectory for him to be on. It's like, look, man, like let's back up the best, one of the best point guards in the league. Uh, and another thing I want to mention about Westbrook uh, that is for the five things, but I'll, I'll I'll mention it here because I think it bears mentioning. I don't think there's a better person to have on the team for THT than Russ Westbrook, because they have or could have very similar games that involve driving to the rim and either scoring at the rim, which THT needs to improve on or making plays for others, which Tht also needs to improve on, but he's capable of doing both. Uh, and he just needs to sort of find that inner Westbrook and figure out how to get to the rim more effectively than he did last season. If he does that, I think that the, 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 the bench has a lot of potential at that point uh, with, none, with none able to break the ball up and, and hit from the outside and, and Tht uh, being a, you know kind of a Lamar Odom secondary playmaker,
1: primary playmaker, depending on how the situation works. All right, and you can find all of his thoughts on the five things section at Lakerholics.com. Mr. Magic Man, Sean Grice, you watch him, and you look, take a look at all of his comments, all of his great articles that he posts. What are you working on for Lakerholics.com?
3: Uh, well, Gerald, I'm not going to be writing about how the Pelicans are paying three head coaches right now. My God, they're <laughs> paying Willie Green. They're playing Stan Van Gundy. And I believe Alvin Gentry still has a year left of his contract.
1: This is I don't see a good end for David Griffin. I'm just gonna tell you right now, it is not looking pretty for David Griffin. No,
3: awful. I mean three head coaches in your tenure. You've you've failed to make the plan even Zion's already talking years. MSG. It's 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 turn, slowly turning into a Titanic situation in New Orleans. And your
1: big trade for a
3: point guard is Tomas Sodoransky. Well,
0: that
1: trade may not go through. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The league is looking into that.
3: Oh, it, it, it'll go through.
1: It could it be a bogey through. situation. Well, that would be well, on
3: Chicago's part.
1: That would most likely be on Chicago getting most of the uh, the brunt of that instead of New Orleans. New Orleans may get a little slap on the wrist, but right. if, if if they, if, they avoided if, the Bogdanovich trade, though, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I think this one has gone too far along. That mm. one was because it was it was already you know sealed up before free agency. Yeah, that's was, so I, I, they they put the kibosh mm-hmm. on that one a little bit sooner. I think just because the timeline now is past the free agency, I I think that. They'll they'll let it go, but they may do what they did. You know, I don't think they'll do a David Stewart, Smith. Yeah, they, they won't do well, David Smith. Joe's, or they took away five number yeah, ones. Probably not. Took, yeah, they, they, but they'll take away be some fun. It'd round be round. fun. Yeah, second, they'll take some second rounds and maybe some some. That, Lonzo that, could you know, go where yeah, Lowry went, good. and Lowry could go where Lonzo went.
3: Yeah. So, but,
1: but go ahead, Sean. Finish up what you got working on. Yep.
3: Yeah, yep. Yeah. I was going to say, Gerald. Um. You know, you basically went over the West. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, I think we're going to be a top three seed. I ultimately think that um, one of Phoenix or Golden State will ultimately be a, a three seed, barring health. I think Golden State's really going to jump up this year. In the East, it's looking like five teams and then a bunch of teams in the middle. I mean, you've got Brooklyn, you've got Milwaukee, you've got Miami, you've got Philadelphia, and you've got Atlanta. And of those yeah. five teams, Atlanta and Philly are probably the, the weakest of the five. So you're looking at a top three of, you know, Miami, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. And if you're looking at the situation right now, uh, I mean, just brass tacks, like Jamie was saying, fart in the wind. Um <laughs> It looks like the Bucks are, are – I don't think they match up well right now with either Miami or Brooklyn. However, let's face it, Gerald. Of all the talk of the Brooklyn Nets, we all know it's going to come down to health. And does anybody of the four of us here believe that all three of them are going to be 100% at the same time next year during the playoffs? I mean, we haven't seen it yet. So seeing is believing. We have to see it. I think the addition of Patty Mills...
0: One out of three years.
3: Yeah. I just think Miami is a really sneaky team here. I was hot on them in the bubble. I think what Riles has done is made them really top-heavy. So they're going... The Heat more than the Lakers are going to be relying on health because if anything happens to Lowry, Butler or Bam, they're very, they don't have a lot of depth. That's, that's the difference the the Lakers went with depth and the heat went with being very top heavy right now. So it's going to be interesting how it all unfolds, Gerald. And I'll, I'll get more into it in my article.
1: All right. Looking forward to that. And you can find the magic man today at Lakerholics.com. But last but not least, the mastermind himself, what you working on at Lakerholics.com, Mr. Laker Tom. I've actually
0: got like six or seven articles that are that are partly done. Back to the old um, Tom. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, there's just all sorts of things that you can talk about now that,
1: As that, said, that won't change. But yeah,
0: like Raphael says, you know, you you hate to write an article where the pressure is to finish the article before the news changes. <laughs> You know, because it's <laughs> it's not much fun, you know. Um, but uh I think that they're you know
1: it's hard to pantomime just trying to load up a six shooter. So I'm just happy to it's yes. happening yes. but to uh
0: do. listen, you know, the one of the things that, that that I think is unique about Lakerholics is that we're really Laker fans. And you know, I, I don't care how objective you may want to try to be or how <laughs> glass half empty you may want to be um <laughs> we you know we still we're still we're still pretty you know there are, this was an amazing season we went into this off season without really any really not without a whole lot of trading chips with a lot without a whole lot of expectations and yet we accomplished two things that I have been screaming for, for three things, really, that I've been screaming for for the last two years. One is shooting. We've got shooting now that we've never had before. Um, and these are guys that can really fill it up. Yeah, they may not be as gritty defenders as Alex Caruso and, and Kenny wa- were, but uh, Man, they can they can really change the game for players like LeBron. They're not and
1: afraid to shoot. They're, they're not, not afraid, afraid to, shoot,
0: to shoot. They're eager to shoot. Uh, the second thing that I've been that I've just been screaming for, and and this is something that I just love. I can't wait for Jamie's five things, man. Because Russell was, has been disrespected, man. You've he, disrespected a guy who averaged a triple double, and he's only thirty two years old for the fourth time in five seasons. Fourth time in five seasons. So I mean that that's the big 3, man. Shooting in the big 3. We got both of them. And then on top of that, because Russ met with LeBron and AD and they worked out how they wanted to play together, we're going to see small ball. Which is what I call monster ball because <laughs> our small guys are big and long and and athletic and fast. This is, a, you know, they, we, we gave them a taste in the bubble of what an AD LeBron small ball could do, but they ain't seen nothing yet. Because when you throw Russ into the package um, and you put in a bunch of shooters, this team is just going to destroy people. So I'm excited for the season. Um, I think there are still the biggest questions really to me are they haven't announced the Caruso trade yet. So there's a question of whether or not we were able to get a trade exception would have been just for $4 million. And Caruso, I mean, uh, Schroeder's still floating around out there. We need to get some trading chips back from them because the only trading chips we really have when we go into the trade bar- deadline or next summer right now are Nunn's $5 million contract and Talen's $10 million contract. THT, you better be shooting a lot of threes, man, because you could be on the trade market if you if you if your shot's not developing the way that the Lakers really needed to develop.
2: Tom, let's be but, honest. He's already on the trade market in your mind.
0: Yeah. Well, you think he's on a trade market, really?
2: No, no. I just you like to trade everybody. Uh, oh, he's... I see. What you're saying.
0: <laughs> well, no, but if the Lakers need to make a move, yes,
2: you do. We don't have yes, anybody else.
0: Really do. He's the evening. only one we got. To what I
2: love is that free agency is like five days into it. You're like, well, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to trade the
0: guy after you just gave him 30 mil than than to not trade to, to trade him before he gets paid. You know, we
2: haven't even seen Trading Camp, and you're already like posting three <laughs> articles a day about well, well, what like, all, all I'm doing, all I'm trying to say is trade? that if we
0: if we want to make it, if we need to make a deal <laughs> at what the trade deadline, or if we need to make a trade at the Next summer, we don't have contracts to trade. We're not like the Dallas Mavericks, who've got like six or seven contracts that range from four to $15 million. We got we got a 5 million and a 10 million and they're two guys that probably we don't want to trade.
2: No, but you got all the veteran minimums. I mean, that.
0: that well, well, yeah. Well, we're going to give you five vet shooters for no, no, a $10 million dollar player.
2: No, what I'm saying is that you can rework over a third of the roster at, at the vet minimum level. Like, that's. These guys that's want to get a team, ring.
0: If these guys get a ring, man, they're leaving. They're that's leaving. That's what I'm for, saying. Or, or they're just. Mere, I don't know. there no. to build a reputation, to get or a, or a so ring and to build a brand. Or he not coming back. It, we can only give them 20% raise.
2: No, we're not going to – that's not what I'm saying. You're, you're
1: uh, misconstrued. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there's a huge
2: chunk of the roster that may or may not be here next summer and that it will be – well, There are eight members. guys that have
1: one-year contracts. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find out more about all the guns in the chamber, all the bullet, all the bullets in the chamber for the gun, the smoking gun that Laker Tom has for you guys with articles today at LakerHolers.com, and check out the upcoming – many articles that he has in store for you at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's been great having you on, talking a little bit about Lakers Summer League. But they did go to 2-1. to two to one. They pull out the victory in the last seconds of the game, 73-72, we're still not high on the team, but we're hoping that there's some good things. Maybe Austin Reeves, maybe Joel Ayayi, maybe even the kid that looks like a kid, Mac McClung. <laughs> maybe he can actually go ahead and do something later on for us, but we'll see right now. It's still a work in progress, but I'm checking out the league for some more observations on other players and other rookies. So I hope to have those conversations coming up in the coming days. Plus, maybe even some more Lakers fans out there from some other great sites that I've talked to and reached out to. So hopefully we'll hear some more opinions and thoughts on the Lakers. Well, it's these guys right here at Lakerholics.com in the coming days. But thank you so much for watching and listening. This has been the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. You can always get a hold of us at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at Break on Twitter. Laker Tom is at Laker Tom on Twitter, where I'm sure he's always working on a trade for you out there. But guys, it's been great having you here, and I look forward to talking to you again soon right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.